Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Africast. My name is Brendan Lotz and joining me as always is Clint Matos. Hello again everybody. And Robin Lichetti. Howdy. How are you guys doing now that B.1.1.529 is, uh, is a real thing in South Africa? Every day is a new horror. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Um, cases are going up. Um, South Africans can't go to the UK again. They locked us out again. Um, even though it's super critical for a lot of reasons. I don't want to get into that right now. But yeah, every day, uh, something new and something horrible. And uh, driving me insane, but quietly. And yourself, Robin? Yeah, probably going to hunker down for the next few days until we know a bit more. Um, yeah, just got to roll with the punches at, uh, these days. Yeah, I mean, we kind of all knew this was coming. It's been predicted for many months by epidemiologists and scientists and people who study this stuff for a living. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise, especially considering how hesitant people are to get vaccinated. If you are able to get vaccinated, do it. We're all still here. All three of us have been vaccinated and none of us has experienced any adverse symptoms other than a bit of fatigue, I think, the day after I got my, my second vaccine. Um, yeah, my more, second vaccine made my arm sore. First yeah, one did it. I mean, it's, it's such a such a minor thing um, for wider protection. I still don't understand why we're debating this a year down the line. Anyway, let's get into the news of the week. Clinton, what have you got for us this week? So I went to go see a new Disney animated movie called Encanto. And um, I'm probably saying that as the whitest man in the world. It's probably got a different pronunciation because it's it's based in Colombia. And it's very um, rooted in that culture, in Spanish culture and uh when I butcher names of actors that are in this, please forgive me. And also, when I went to go see it, which was uh, about three days ago, two days ago at this point, we didn't know about the new variant or the uptick in cases. So I just want to say that in my defense. And also, everyone, I took my niece and nephew um, because it's a kid's movie and we got an invitation from kids. So they haven't been vaccinated, but they're not old enough to yet. So just want to give myself that defense. If I had known all of this was happening, I wouldn't have gone, but it was a few days ago. Anyway, what is this movie about? Um, it's got a, a kind of a, a strange premise. Basically, in Colombia, it's some indeterminate point in time. They never say uh, when. Um, a village was raided by some evil people. Um, this lady just had triplets, but her husband was killed. And in their darkest hour, they get they call it the miracle, which is a magical candle that never goes out. And this magical candle um, gave the people who were displaced by this attack a new home. They gave it a new town, and it also gives them a magic house that is a character into its own. Um, what's that Disney movie, uh, The Beauty and the Beast, with the living house, but uh, kind of turned up to 11? And also, um, when the children of this uh, woman and their children uh, uh, get to a certain age, they're given uh, a superpower, basically. There's one who can lift heavy things, there's one who can grow plants, um, there's one who can hear things from the other side of the world, so... Every time they reach of age, they get a superpower, basically. Um, but our main character, uh, Mirabel, she doesn't have a superpower. And also, something might be happening to the magic. So that's the premise for the movie. Something I didn't know going in is that it's a musical. Um, let, let's start with the music. It was overall pretty good. Um, there were probably about six or seven main songs. Um, I only think around two of them were catchy enough to be remembered the rest of them will just kind of take it or leave it 
uh, the voice acting is really good. Uh, there's a there's a big cast here because it's you know it's a it's a movie about family, so there's a lot of family members. Um, we got Stephanie Beatriz. I probably butchered that name. She's playing Mirabel. You might know her as Rosa from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I actually didn't know she was in this. I didn't know anyone who was in this because I went into it blind. Um, she gives a really good performance. She does voice acting, obviously, but she also does singing. Um, and the other notable people on this cast is Wilma Valderrama, who was Fez in that 70s show. Um, he was fine, but the the standout for me was a character named Bruno, who was uh, voiced by John Lucasamo, uh, you know, old Luigi himself. He was so good. Um, the first thing I did when I walked out of the theater is that I Googled, you know, who played this character. Um, I know a lot of people don't like him because of Luigi, but man, he was like the best performance in the whole movie, and I, I wish he was in it more. So, this is... I don't want to say this is only a kid's movie and adults watching it are going to get nothing out of it. There were like one or two moments where I did have a genuine chuckle. Um, it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say this movie is missing like an X factor that is going to make people remember it. I really think that in two weeks uh, I won't remember anything about this movie. And, you know, my nephew is 11 and my niece is 9 and they came with me to see this. They loved it. They were like singing its praises. But I don't know if either of them are going to ask for, like, Encanto stuff for Christmas, right? I, I just don't think this is going to have a lasting legacy. And I kind of feel like Disney is just pumping out these movies where they take a culture or a country, um, in this, uh, and this is Spanish culture, Colombian culture, and then they put a supernatural twist on it. Because last year, didn't they do that same thing with Luca and Italian culture? It feels like that's just their blueprint. Or is that Pixar? Oh, Disney is Pixar. It's not like they're different things now. So I, I kind of feel like we're falling into this rut of here's a culture that isn't American culture. Here's some supernatural stuff. That's our movie. The young hero goes on a hero's journey. So it, it, it's very weird. This movie does a lot to try and endear itself to yourself, to the audience. It's very friendly. It's very bright. It's very, um, you know, wholesome. There's a lot of cool characters. Everyone will like one character more than the other. But I just, I, I don't think there's any lasting power here. And I don't want to say this is a, a hollow movie that the people just pumped out to make a deadline. There's obviously a lot of uh, love and passion put into this. And I'm sure a lot of people who worked on this come from a Colombian or a Spanish background and they put that into the movie. And there's a lot of dancing. And for some reason, <laughs> they, they gave themselves like the biggest challenge where they made these characters dance in like long flowing dresses. And I can't even imagine how much time they spent doing um, like fabric simulation on computers or how many hours or lifetimes of uh, compute power they put into the hair and the fabric. So, yeah, it's one of those movies where you come out and you say that movie wasn't for me, but I can't really explain why. It just seems to, I don't even want to say it's hollow either. You see, it's very weird. I think it just wasn't for me. And it is missing something to turn it into a movie or a piece of art that people are going to remember a few years from now. So, yeah, that, that was this movie. I think it's a very safe movie for going out this Christmas season, you know, before the new pandemic stuff came out. Parents were thinking about, you know, we haven't seen a movie in a long time. Let's take the kids to see a movie. This, for the December, for the holiday releases, this is going to be the movie you go to. 
it is just it's so blatant that they're putting it out now they're really trying to capture that market and i'm just looking at the um the movies that are out now that you can take kids to um ghostbusters afterlife i suppose but that's uh, i don't think a lot of kids especially like my niece and nephew around 10 years old they don't know ghostbusters there's a movie here called monster family 2 which you know who cares (laughs) <laughs> There's a movie called Bronze Gone Home, which is another animated movie that I've never seen. There's a Boss Baby spin-off or Paw Patrol. All of these are fine, I guess, but this is the like premier Disney animated movie that people would have taken their kids to if it wasn't for the pandemic. So I'm going to give it a recommendation. If you have kids you want to take, and if you're uh, an adult who really loves Disney musicals, you'll also like this. But if you're just looking for something decent to see at the movies, there are so many that I'd recommend after over this. Um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend going to the movie now. But uh, if you were going, I really wouldn't recommend this. It's just it's missing something to make it really engaging for an older audience who maybe doesn't care about musicals. So that's Encanto. Um, I really appreciate that they let me bring my niece and nephew to a media screening. Um, again, the kids had a really good time with this movie, and that's why it's going to get a recommendation from them. But for me, uh, I'm kind of take it or leave it. Cool. Robin, you've got some uh, news about new smartphones that were released this week. Yes, uh, as everyone knows, and that'll be the main topic we discussed today, uh, Black Friday officially kicks off. I know that uh, it's kind of mutated into Black November. Um but Black Friday officially kicks off today, and two phones are launching at the same time locally. Um, the first being the Honor 50. Um, people might remember Honor as a sub-brand of Huawei. Uh, the two split after all the issues involving um, the entity list and Huawei, um, and Honor is kind of on its own, making Android phones under the same name. And the first device that they bring to the country is the Honor 50, it could retail for 13,999 Rand, and as I mentioned, for Black Friday, it will be exclusively available on Take A Lot. Uh, and then into December, it will still make its way into, I guess, your normal retail channels, uh, your carriers and networks, uh, and all those good places. And uh, the second device, uh, funnily enough, comes from Huawei. Uh, it is the Nova 9. Uh, it was uh, unveiled by Huawei last night, or I guess on Thursday evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and it was also launched alongside the MateView GT, which is a, a desktop monitor that Huawei is bringing to the country as well. Uh, but the Nova 9 that is going to be retailing for 12,999 Rand, so a thousand less than the, uh, the Honor 50. As far as uh, specifications go, these devices are quite similar. Um, they both have displays that are in and around the 6.5, 6.6 inch uh, range, full HD plus visuals. Um, they have some uh, 8 gigabits of RAM, um, uh, a decent amount of storage, uh, 128 gigabytes for the Nova 9 and then 256 for the Honor 50. So. As far, I guess, as uh, mid-range phones go, or premium mid-range phones go, um, they seem to be ticking all the boxes. I I just find it quite interesting that these devices are coming at this time when the market is as saturated as it is. 
Uh, we speak about the price. I mean, the prices are quite good, but when you compare it to something like the Xiaomi 11T Pro that we uh, that was launched a few weeks ago, and we have it in for review, and it's proving quite impressive. That comes in at 13,999 rand, and it is better spec than these two devices. I feel like Huawei and Honor are perhaps finding themselves outgunned a little bit by some of the other Chinese firms that are now kind of ramping up their efforts in South Africa. So yeah, it is a very interesting time if you are a fan of smartphones. Um, I think perhaps the main element here that's worth noting is that the Honor 50 will be running Android or will be rather serving up Google Play services. The uh, Nova 9 will not. They'll be running on HMS. So that'll probably be the main decider as far as people weighing up these two devices against one another. Uh, despite the 1,000 rand price difference. So I just I just want to uh, mention something quickly. I had a friend uh, who came through to, from the UK recently to visit family, um, and they left this week just before the the, uh, the UK ban traveled. But that's beside the point. They actually purchased a, um, a Huawei device uh, while they were here, uh, not knowing that it wasn't running Android services, and they were not happy with that. Um, it's just it's it's something that I think Huawei has not addressed properly yet, and they really need to do a better job of it. Is making it expressly clear to buyers that they will not be able to use Google services. Like I understand it, it's a point against your phone compared to the competition, but you have to be honest with people because so many people I know have purchased a Huawei phone recently. And have found that they can't actually use it prop or use it the way that they want to, the way that they could their previous Huawei's, which had Google service or Google mobile services attached to it. So, yeah, I, I don't, I really don't know what Huawei is going to do, but they really need to do something at this point in terms of letting people know what is going on with their phones before they buy them. I have seen on the, I guess Huawei's official online store, they do have disclaimers up on most of the new devices, but. As far as like uh, third parties go and in the actual retail space, I highly doubt that uh, people selling phones are going to make that kind of information known purely for the fact that they might get to sale. So it's uh, a good point as far as more work needs to be done in terms of education. But at the same time, I feel like there's only so much Huawei can do because uh, if, if a salesperson wants to make that sale, they want to get the commission, they're going to do whatever it takes to kind of get uh, a new yeah. phone in someone's hands. Yeah, I always have to wonder, those same salespeople, are they prepared for that customer coming back and being rightfully upset with them? Um, I'm not saying people should march into stores and shout at service people. You shouldn't shout at anyone. I'm just saying that, yeah, if you, and again, this is probably a management decision that people on the floor have no control over, but I have to imagine how many people on the ground who are trying to make sales or just help customers are getting, you know, just utterly we shouted at all day and bad custom experiences because of all of this. Yeah, I've worked in retail. It's it can really be a thankless job at times. So I don't I don't envy the the salespeople that have to deal with disgruntled customers. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Huawei is definitely finding itself in a tough position. I think um, I know that they make their devices quite affordable, and that's been a big selling point. And they're relatively well specced. We've reviewed quite a few of the newer Nova devices this year. But when you kind of weigh it up against what the other Chinese firms are doing and the fact that they're running Android as well, and they're actually being a bit more aggressive in terms of their pricing, 
I am interested to see what happens in the next two quarters or so, just to kind of see how that market share kind of shifts or changes. Um, but yeah, uh, Huawei is in a, in a tough spot. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Hopefully devices like their, um, their Mate VGT and like, uh, the Mate Books and stuff like that will help them kind of uh, steady things out, uh, kind of wait, wait to kind of see what happens. But yeah, as far as phones go, it's becoming less of a of a good prospect if you if you really want to be in the Android space. You wonder if uh, Huawei at some point is just gonna not close shop, but just shuffle things around so they're not operating under Huawei anymore. And like, I, I don't know what the relationship to Honor is anymore, but I wouldn't be surprised if they like dissolved Huawei and then all the the company just switched over to Honor just to get around that list. Because it's it's the name that's the problem. It's the branding and the news articles about it that they can't really do anything about. So I have to wonder if Huawei just say this was too much for us to deal with. Uh, peace, we're leaving. And then you you check everyone's LinkedIn a few months later, and they're like working at Honor or some company under a different name. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, best of luck to everyone at Huawei on on trying to negotiate this. Right, just before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this week's AfriCast, uh, we've got some news about a launch this week uh, by NASA and SpaceX. Um, they launched the double asteroid redirection test from the Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. Um, I like how that has now been renamed to the Space Force Base instead of the Air Force Base. Uh, Space Force really doing great things. I'm sure Trump is proud. The double asteroid redirection test is exactly what it sounds like it is. Uh, basically, NASA is going to try and change the trajectory of an asteroid um, to see whether that would be an effective solution to stopping a asteroid that is headed for Earth. Um, the asteroid in question is the Didymos asteroid, um, as well as the smaller Dimorphos, uh, which orbits around it. Um, and uh, yeah, so so this is one way that we could potentially um, deflect an asteroid that ha- was targeting Earth. Uh, I say targeting like it's something that the asteroid knows it's doing. Uh, maybe it does. Maybe maybe it does. But anyway, so this uh, this spacecraft, uh, which is called DART, uh, it contains one uh, one payload, or it contains one instrument rather, which is the Didymos Reconnaissance and Asteroid Camera for Optical Navigation, or Draco, and this will allow NASA to a be able to see um, what happens in space when the, when this uh, craft collides with the asteroid, um, and then also be able to take some some readings during that event. Um, when I say collides, uh, it's not at a high speed. It's the, uh, the, the DART spacecraft will hit the Didymos asteroid at a speed of approximately six kilometers per hour. Um, and hopefully NASA will be able to observe what happens uh, using space telesco- or telescopes based here on the ground. Um, also joining uh, this uh, DART for the ride is, the, is a CubeSat called the Leica Cube, uh, and this will be ejected from DART 10 days prior to impact and will be used to capture images of the impact, the ejector cloud, and hopefully the impact crater. Um, this is all very cool, but the spacecraft itself is only expected to arrive at Didymos in the later, the latter half of 2022. Um, NASA says fall 2022. 
Um, so yeah, this is a this is a really interesting thing or interesting event that's taking place because there's been a lot of talk about how do we deal with an asteroid that is headed headed for Earth. Um, while there are many small asteroids that have hit Earth in the past, the concern is that something larger would hit Earth um, and cause widespread destruction. So we're going to try and see whether we can direct it. Um, I know that there are many ideas that have floated around in the past. Um, many people would ask, why not just nuke it? Uh, the problem with that is that you create something called a rubble field, uh, and that sort of just takes a million little pieces and puts them back into the orbit of the asteroid um, How because of gravity. Uh, so now instead of one asteroid, you have 100 tiny asteroids headed towards Earth. Um, so yeah, this, is a, this will be interesting to see what happens with this. Uh, and yeah, we'll only know in 2022, but yeah, pr pretty cool. Um, I have a very good idea for this. Um, okay, we need to what's your idea, Clinton? We need to take some miners or people who know how to do drilling. <laughs> to be astronauts uh, in the space of a week because uh, astronauts uh, I call them nerdonauts myself uh, they, they just can't um, they can't learn how to drill we, so we need to get drillers and we need to teach them how to fly a spacecraft and then they can land on it and um, and drill into it and then destroy it that way I yeah think I think that's a good idea I, I really but who are we going to get to film all of this for us um, that's the most important question well there's going to be lots of explosions so if you can think of any um, <laughs> director who's really good with explosions uh, let me know it's just a thought um, I've been thinking about it for the last few decades uh, okay few I, I think you could actually turn that into a Hollywood blockbuster Clinton if, oh, they, I, if I NASA doesn't take your idea yeah. uh, sounds too boring <laughs> I just know no we can have a soundtrack by Aerosmith. That'll that'll liven well, things up. I, I'm just worried that if we make a movie, the lead actor will do the DVD commentary and you know, just shoot him <laughs> for uh, I'm also worried about that happening. But that's just uh, that's just me. What are the chances of that happening? Anyway, let's get into uh, what we want to talk about this week. And of course, seeing as it's Black Friday today and Cyber Monday on Monday, uh, even though that's not really something that I think is observed in South Africa. But anyway. Um, Let's talk about Black Friday. So over the last few years, South Africa has taken to adopting America's favorite shopping holiday, um, where we once were looking in horror as uh, hordes of people stampeded places. Um, we are now participating in a similar capitalist holiday, which I, I suppose is fine. Um, but yeah, Black Friday. What are your guys' thoughts on Black Friday? Robin, are you a fan? Do you not really care? Is it kind of just the, the signaling of the December holidays? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think when they initially started a few years ago in South Africa, um, the deals, the, there were some decent deals out there. I think this year in particular, I haven't been wowed by anything. Um, it really feels like, uh, I don't know, the spirit of Black Friday is going to be something like 85%, 90%, 95% off of, of stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to get throughout the year. Mm. For me, this seems like just another generic sale now. It's kind of devolved into that. Um, so as far as getting excited about it, I don't think there is really much to get excited about anymore. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, I think I'm just slowly shifting into the don't care, but because we cover e-commerce on the site and we kind of are always interested in pricing for gadgets and costume mm. electronics, it's going to be something we cover. But from a personal standpoint, I don't enjoy it anymore purely for the fact that I won't get a good deal. 
Plain and simple. And yourself, Clinton, your thoughts? I had much the same mentality as Robin. And for the last four or five or six years since it's really become a thing in the country, I haven't really been buying anything at all. Um, especially because, like Robin said, we have to cover it for work. So usually when there was big sales in stores, I was at my desk writing about those big sales instead of going to them. But this year, I actually did buy quite a bit of stuff. And it wasn't really because it's Black Friday. It was just because I needed certain things and they happened to either go on sale or become available. So um, my point is going to, we're going to talk about who bought what, if anything. Um so I want to hear from you, Brendan, what your thoughts on Black Friday are, and then we'll we'll talk about the uh, retail therapy. I think I might be the only one who did some shopping, but let's get to that. What do you What do you think of it, Brendan? So I I don't actually know. There are some years where the the fever gets me, where I'm like, oh, I, I gotta gotta participate in some. Maybe I can get a good deal. Um, but I find more often than not, I'm usually buying stuff before Black Friday or after Black Friday. Um, and it's just kind of like, like Robin said, it just feels like another generic sale at this point. I mean, like I was just looking this morning at like things like SSDs because I would like to get myself an NVMe SSD for my desktop. Um, but the prices just aren't really inspiring me to spend money. Like I understand that these are this, that an SSD is a, something that is affected by the component shortage, and I get that. But it's just the prices aren't good enough for me to go. Yeah, you know what? Let me whip out my credit card and key it into the shop. Um, so I just feel like the the sales that are being hosted nowadays are just really inane things that nobody wants, like mouse pads and generic mice from unknown chinese manufacturers like it's just like well we found these things at the bottom of our warehouse that are now just taking up space and Brendan, yeah i actually bought something that was literally found in the corner of a warehouse but please, yeah. please continue just but it's that, so funny like, to say that that literally happened to me <laughs> that, that's that's how i feel that a lot of these sales are determined is that they look at their warehouse inventory and go right what's been here for the last six months um, or over 90 days, we need to get rid of it. So slap a 20% or 10% sticker on it, a 20% sticker or 20% off sticker on it um, and be done with it. But I don't really think that's that's the way sales should be done. Like Robin said, like you're looking for the big, big ticket items that are like 90% off. And I think we had that a couple of years ago. Of course, those items were limited, but I think that's what kind of makes the spirit of black friday black friday is that you have like five 85 inch tvs that you're selling for 2000 rand and the first people through the door are the ones that get it obviously because we're a lot more online nowadays and a lot more based in e-commerce that's not really something that can happen um although i suppose you could you could say that we only have 10 or whatever take a lot does that one day only does that so the capability is there i just feel like retailers do it as a oh look we're also like america we're like our capitalist heroes in america we can also have a sale um and it's just really not that much of a sale let's talk about okay something i bought i bought three things i bought some amiibos i bought some lego minifigures and i bought a new screen and i'm going to justify it all uh to make myself feel better uh, i want to talk about the amiibos first because i bought them at full price but the reason I bought them is that 
um, the Nintendo store uh, all of a sudden got stock of Amiibos, which have been out of production for years. So I was speaking to Sahil about it, our freelancer, who knows a bit more about Amiibos. And he's saying, yeah, these ones have been missing and not for sale for years. Um, and we kind of theorized that they probably found this in a box somewhere. And they're yeah. like, oh, we might as well put that up for stock. And then I actually went to the Nintendo store in person because um, I went to the Encanto screening that was at Santa. And so I, I figured I'd go past. So I went past there and I was looking at them and I was speaking to the guys. And he said, yeah, we haven't seen these for a long time. I think we found them somewhere and just put them up on, for sale. So your theory about, yeah, we just found these and we put them up for sale stands true, Brennan. I'm pretty sure... Because of the age of these and the fact that some of them were a bit damaged, I'm pretty sure they got forgotten uh, forgotten somewhere in the corner of a warehouse. And then while they were doing stock take this year, they found them and like, yeah, just chuck them up on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I bought, but it wasn't really Black Friday because they were full price. Um, the Lego minifigures I bought, that, that was a good deal because the collectible minifigures, it's those ones where they're in a blind bag, so you don't know what you get. Yeah. Um, but this company I bought it from will, will give you the ones you ask for. So these things are selling for 70 Rand, and they were discounted down to uh, for 52. So I think that's a decent deal. Um, I don't know what the percentage... Oh, it says right here, 19% off. That isn't... You know, you want 1.9, you want those numbers switched around for Black Friday. But I was already going to buy these. Um and I was waiting for them to become a bit cheaper. They become they became a bit cheaper and I bought it. Sorry, and if anyone does the math, 19% off 70 isn't 52. It's the reason that this store sells them for 65 and 19% off that is 52. So those two things I bought, which are purely, you know, they're they literally toys. I didn't need them. But something I actually did need is a new computer screen. Um, the reason for that is my old monitor I've been using for about seven years now. Um, it only has DVI input and my graphics card doesn't have DVI. Oh. And I've been using an adapter that has been causing problems. So I needed a screen for work. So I can justify this one a bit more. Um, and Brendan, you and I were speaking about this. Um, there were a few deals and one I ended up going for was a Samsung one. Samsung themselves was selling this. It's a 24-inch um, IPS display. 1080p, 75 hertz. Um, it also has AMD FreeSync, even though that might be a problem, which I'll get to now. Um, I was looking at this on Samsung's website for a while. It was discounted from 3,400 uh, 3, down to 2,100. And I just got busy with stuff. And when I got back to it, it actually sold out. But again, Sahil came to the rescue and he actually found it on Incredible Connection, oh, wow. where it was listed for 3,000 and it went down to 2,000. So it's actually 100 Rand less. And as soon as I saw that, I bought it. Now, I might have a problem. <laughs> this, for some insane bonkers reason, this monitor only has HDMI 1.4 and VGA. What? In the year of our Lord, 2021, it has VGA. And this isn't some old stock. This thing came out, I think, late last year, earlier this year. So th- this is new. And they put VGA on. And HDMI I- 1.4... 1.4, Brendan. Now, okay. Okay. How the hell does this support FreeSync? According to what I've read, AMD FreeSync at the beginning only worked on DisplayPort. And then it was updated to be backwards compatible even with ancient HDMI standards like 1.4. Mm. Okay. So that's fine. The problem is this. FreeSync is an AMD tech, but it's open to everybody. That's why it's called FreeSync. Yeah. 
I've read some people and I've watched some people saying that AMD FreeSync on older versions of HDMI will only work over HDMI with a, an AMD GPU. That's what I've heard. Ooh. Apparently, FreeSync through NVIDIA monitors, uh, NVIDIA GPUs only work through DisplayPort. Now, wow, okay. Yeah, I don't know how 100% true that is. I saw it on a random YouTube video um, from a channel that does have a decent following. So, and again, he was writing a review, so maybe he tested it himself. So, I don't know if it, I'm going to be able to enjoy FreeSync when this thing shows up. I'll have to test it myself. And the thing about this is, yes, FreeSync and G-Sync and monitors are, require hardware. But the, the backwards compatibility from DisplayPort to HDMI was done all through software. Mm. So I'm hoping either that guy was wrong or because his video is a few months old that AMD has updated FreeSync to work over HDMI <laughs> yeah. with NVIDIA GPUs. I won't know until it arrives. Um, it says delivery three to six working days. I only bought it um, two days ago. So I, I can't cancel it because... <laughs> it might still work and also I think even without FreeSync it's still a good deal um, you cannot find a 2000 Rand 24 inch full HD screen that is also 75 hertz Yeah. Um, and it's IPS I didn't even mention that I've been using this horrible VA panel for 7 years and going to IPS is probably going to be a big step up so I'll report back on it um, I've been talking for a long time those are the three purchases I made. I, I maybe overindulged a little bit, but I think all my I wasn't just going mad with the credit card. Um, have you guys bought anything at all, or are you planning to? Robin, do you want to take this up? Yeah, so I've bought a few things. Uh, none of them are tech or job or consumer electronic related. Um, the first was a subscription to The Athletic, which is a football-focused uh, publication, um, and they cover a lot of the stuff in the Premier League, uh, and they have dedicated writers for each club. Um, anyway, uh, their, their Black Friday offer was uh, $1 or £1, depending on which region of the world you're in, uh, for 12 months. Uh, a subscription so it was uh, too good a deal for me to pass up I really like their writing and yeah I snapped it up uh, I think it's still running until the 29th I could be wrong about that but uh, if you are interested in those kind of that kind of content if you are do follow football uh, The Athletic is a really good publication to support and read um, then the other stuff was, again, not related to my job or even electronics at all. It was some stuff for a dog. Uh, I'm getting a puppy. And what yes, puppy? What puppy? A beagle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love beagles. Yeah, so do I. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Robin, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I bought a little uh, playpen. Um Plastic bed, uh, a few blankets, some training pads, uh, leash collar, the whole, all, all the, I guess, the puppy starters, kit stuff. <laughs> um, I bought a lot of it actually through Westpac, who sell Westpac. everything. It's like a mini macro. They sell everything. I don't know how they get all the stuff, uh, but uh, the price is, pricing is really good. And yeah, I probably saved at least about 50% 
and stuff that would have cost me a bit more. And yeah. And especially from purchases. Especially from Westpac. I mean, that place is already super cheap. So if you get like a discount from there, it's just even better. I actually feel bad. I knew I was old when I went to uh, the first Westpac. It's like, oh my God, look at all the Tupperware. (laughs) Look at all the storage. I had like a defining moment in my life. I was like, oh God, (laughs) I'm, I'm old. I get so, like, I was irrationally excited about Tupperware. My friend with me was like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just Tupperware. Yeah, but, no, but storage, is, storage is a great thing to have as you get older. They need to go. It's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Not Love a sponsor, that. but if you are looking yeah. to sponsor yeah, us. Yeah, what is sponsors, man? Yeah. Hit us up, Westpac. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I haven't really, I am still looking for a SSD, um, because, uh, my, my storage on my desktop PC is getting out of hand at this point. Um, I really just need a, one terabyte of SSD storage for my, my, my boot drive. And that's all I need at this point. Um, but like I said, I'm not seeing any good deals, so I'll probably hold off until the new year. Um, because it's not it's not extremely vital. The only thing I have spent money on so far this this Black Friday is uh, groceries <laughs> um, from Checkers sixty sixty. Uh, I, I needed some some supplies to make brownies this weekend, um, and yeah, got uh, I guess a decent deal because now Pick and Pay sixty sixty has uh, support for extra savings cards, um, so. You can save a bit money, but but money if you buy two of an item. And uh, what's really cool is that the deals seem to be structured around you. Um, just like looking at the stuff that that I usually buy and what's being discounted. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but it, it's a really cool thing. Um, if you're using sixty sixty and you have an extra savings card, it's a nice way to save some extra money. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's not really much I'm looking at. I might, I might tempt myself to go to the Bungie store later and get some Destiny merch or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I just feel like these are glorified sales and there's not really much I need at this point in time or anything I want as well. I think that's the important thing is like, do I want anything right now? Not really. Um... And especially going into the December, the December period, I'd like to just save a bit of money just yeah. in case, um, especially for January, which is three months long, as we all know. So, yeah. Um, Something you might want to look at um, with SSDs, Brendan, is that um, the, I remember one of them, it was EveTech or Wootoo or something. They put out a quote-unquote special on a Samsung SSD, that like really popular brand. Um, I can't remember Evo. the model. name. I think I think it was one of the Evos. Um, their pricing was, even though it was a quote unquote sale, their pricing was so bad that you actually could have gone on the US Amazon um, store and bought two of the same SSDs and had them delivered, including delivery and um, shipping tax for less than the price that uh, that, that store was happening. Bootware, sorry. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was Bootware. I think it was. I just don't have that advert in front of me, but. You may want to you may want to look at Amazon, even with the ridiculous delivery costs. It may work out cheaper. There, um, there's also just something else I want to mention while we're talking about technology. This week, um, thanks to somebody on Twitter, uh, I discovered that EveTech, Rootware, a outlet called Tech Restored, um, Biddlebuy, and Takealot are all selling license keys for Windows 11. 
which is odd because Windows 11 isn't for sale directly through Microsoft. Now, I understand that these are OEM and DSP packs, but if you are tempted to upgrade to Windows 11, um, if you have Windows 10, it is a free upgrade. Um, and I've heard through the grapevine that you can pick up Windows 10 licenses for very cheap if you know where to look. Um, and uh, legally too. Uh, Brendan isn't... Yes, is legally. I'm not, not is, saying illegally. Yeah. You still pay, but you can, pick up, <laughs> you can pick up a license for really, really cheap if you, if you look around the internet. Um, and if you buy one of those and upgrade to Windows 11, you can save yourself... 2,600 Rand, which is what Wootware is charging for Windows 11. Um, so we, I'm still trying to find out from Microsoft whether these license keys are legit. I'm sure they are, but maybe if you are going and to purchase Windows 11, call the supply or call the outlet and ask them to guarantee that it is, get it in writing, that it's a legitimate key. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just it's really weird to be selling Windows 11 keys when Microsoft isn't selling them. And they, the rollout of Windows 11 has been going as slow as molasses. I just find it weird. So, um, yeah. I don't understand. I thought it was a pre-order because you posted it in our, our company Slack. Yeah. You said, how can they be selling it? And my, what I thought was an obvious answer is that it must have been a, a pre-order. Mm. But no, it's just according to their listing, they have it in stock. And you yeah. can buy it and have it delivered right now. It's very yeah. odd. It's really odd. Uh, my advice is don't do that. If you have Windows 10, wait until you're offered the, the chance to upgrade it. As somebody who uses Windows 11 every single day already, um, I am not a fan. <laughs> Stick with Windows 10 for as long as you can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just weird. It feels like retailers are taking a bit of a chance here. But you know what? Let them do it. As long as they're not hurting anybody and not selling pirated keys or anything like that, do what you must. But just uh, maybe don't buy a key because you can upgrade to Windows 11 for free. Free market, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, something I do want to mention, though, is that seeing as we are uh, moving into a hard or we're moving into an, a, a point in time, I think is the better word, um, where there is a risk of more COVID infections, um, it might be a good time to maybe take up a subscription for some new uh, uh, streaming services ahead of the festive season. Um, so and not just festive se uh, streaming services, I mean, but like other digital platforms. Like I've recently been uh, using Audible a lot more, the audiobook platform from Amazon. Um, I pay a premium subscription and get a free credit every month and that I can use to... Um, buy a book to listen to at the moment i'm listening to dune um which is really really good uh, i can't believe it's taken me so long to listen to or read this book um so that's really really cool uh and yeah it's a nice little gift for somebody i think as well you know give them a little bit of a voucher to audible or something like that could be really really nice another thing i just want to mention because <clears throat> it wrapped up last week um foundation on apple tv plus um, if you're looking for an incredible sci-fi show, Foundation has just wrapped up its first season, and it is amazing. Uh, it, it, I, the final episode had me sitting there with my jaw dropped. It was just, it was so, so incredible. So if you think you're maybe taking up a streaming service for the festive season, um, Netflix, Showmax has a two-for-one, doesn't it, Robin? Uh, yeah, uh, during Black Friday, I got two for one. So if you purchase one month's worth of 
access, you get a second month for free, and then obviously you'll get billed accordingly after yeah. those of that second month. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I mean, that means you can get December and January for the price of one month, uh, which I think is really awesome. And Showmax has a, a really nice slate of, of programming and content. Um, in some play, in some instances, you'll actually get content before it releases on Netflix. Um, so yeah, Showmax is, is a good option. Um, of course, there's Netflix, um, Spotify. Uh, just speaking so, of yeah, Netflix, I need to just talk about Cowboy Bebop quickly oh, and okay. their uh, their adaptation, which is horrendous. Ooh, lack of a better word. Um, so I grew up watching the Cowboy Bebop animated series. I've watched it several times over, and I really wanted this one with uh, John Cho to be good. It is not. It's really hyper-stylized, and I kind of understand what they were going for, but I had the same problem with it that I had with the the Snyder Watchmen film. It's where you're trying to replicate the source material so much that you actually lose all the storytelling elements. Uh, And yeah, it, it was just a real disappointment. And I think if people... Are going to watch Cowboy Bebop? Rather watch the animated series first, which is available on there, and then watch the the live action adaptation because it's like chalk and cheese. That's just something I needed to a little rant I need to get off my chest quickly. Uh, something I'm going to mention about streaming is that um, if you're paying for DSTV or your family's paying for DSTV, you might get a subscription to Showmax included. Um, oh. I was trying to look for it now when we were talking. I, I can't find it, but I'll, I'll put a link to it. Certain DSTV subscriptions have an automatic um, subscription to Showmax for as long as you're subscribed to DSTV. They kind of come as like a package. Um, so also consider that. You, might, you may already have access to it without paying a cent. Um, the last thing I want to mention about, you know, from my side, recommendations, stuff like that, is if you are in university, you may want to check out um, buying your books for next year now. Um, several dedicated bookstores ha- are having sales, and several retailers who also incidentally sell books, like Take a Lot and Loot, um, also have sales going on, and you can get books for cheap. Um, and, and unlike the US or other countries where they just put a blanket discount on everything on South Africa, I think someone actually like goes through and chooses what's going on sale. So you may not be able to get a lot on sale right now, but you know, a little bit of something is better than yeah. a whole lot of nothing. So I wrote a story about this, all the bookstores I could find that were having sales. Um, but wherever you already are buying your books, just kind of go to that dedicated store and search for the book you need. Um, uh, also consider going digital for your books next year. I've also written a story about this. Um, it can be cheaper um, with the downside that you can't sell your books back, but it's it's worth it for saving time because I, something that people might not know is that a, a lot, of, I don't know how to say this without, uh, outside saying, oh, geez, I don't know how to say this without being sued. Some teachers may reuse work from previous years. <laughs> And when they do that, you can easily find the answers in the textbook by using the control F function. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say more because I could fall into the world of slander. Um, so I just want to also, say that. you've been told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my friend told me. And this is all <laughs> uh, protected by irony. Um, something that people may not know is that you can save yourself so much time by just having your textbook as a PDF that you can search through. You don't need to go to the index. You don't need to go to the glossary at the back. 
You don't need to search through chapters to find specific answers to stupid little questions. You can just use Control F. It is such a time saver and it it saved my sanity when I was finishing my degree last year. So uh, people should really, really consider going digital, even if you can't sell your books back. Um, again, I, I mention all of this in my story, but sometimes the um, digital versions will be the same price as the physical ones, but then you don't get a book you can sell. And again, I understand studying is very expensive, but just consider how much your sanity is worth and how many hours you've spent just flipping through a book. And I actually prefer studying from real books, but when you have to do assignments or big mm. projects or you want to make your own study notes, which you can then just print out, you should really consider going digital. That's some good advice. I do agree with Clinton there. I think uh, especially if you can, uh, maybe go digital. Uh, just one final thing before we start the wrap-up. Uh, Robin, you wrote a story today about a dashboard that um, Payfast set up. Um, and we'll have a link to the story, as always, at the bottom of this podcast. But I just want to give you a, a quick idea of what the highest spend so far uh, in online shopping is in South Africa. The largest single basket value at the moment is 169 rand 840. 169,844 Rand. Listen to me getting my numbers wrong. Uh, that's one basket of items from one purchase. Uh, so far, the top five transactions, uh, one transaction for one, that obviously 169,884. Second biggest is 101,725. And then the third biggest is 98,970 Rand. I hope you bought something that was good and big enough to justify that purchase. And it wasn't just a single bottle of whiskey. People um, buying cars. It probably was whiskey. I was um, <laughs> on the Macro website. I saw a bottle of whiskey for 650,000 Rand. What is up with Macro and games? <laughs> I mean, we did half. They saw these whiskeys that are worth like hundreds of thousands of Rand. And I don't know if you guys remember, but like 10 years ago when TV started to become really big, they used to have like 100 or 150 inch TVs that mm. cost like 250,000 Rand. And then when there were sales, they said, oh, it's 50,000 Rand off. And you're like, yeah, but it still costs 200,000 Rand. Yeah. Why? Th their product managers must be on some substances. How are they buying this and then justifying it? And But people must be buying it to, yeah. to, for, for, this, for them to keep restocking. I, I mean, with alcohol, you just buy it and it stays on the shelf, right? But... Those expensive TVs, they become outdated, and I can't imagine a lot of people are buying them. But what do I know? They, yeah, they've got people. They've got hundreds of thousands of people working because those ones, um, game is part of MassMart, or Mac, one of them is part of MassMart, which is one of the biggest companies in the world. So I'm sure they know what they're doing. It's just absolutely bizarre yeah. that they have these things that are so expensive. They cost more than most cars, and they're like just a, a bottle of alcohol or a big-ass TV. It's very weird. <laughs> Uh, it's very strange to me as Auckland's, and I don't understand how anybody could spend that amount of money on uh, on alcohol. But, I mean, I'm not really a drinker, so it's lost on me anyway. Um, yeah, uh, anybody have any final closing thoughts, Robin? Uh, my final thought is that if you are tired of all the sales, um, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, China specifically, there's something called Singles Day. And that's going to be a big thing in South Africa soon as well. Well, I mean, um, we had one already. One day only mm. decided they were going to host Singles Day. Not that it has any significance to South Africa or the socioeconomic state of South Africa. It's just like, hey, they're doing it. Let's follow them. 
Yeah, uh, Black Friday started off the same way. We have put on that Thanksgiving in South Africa, but somehow we we wrapped into Black Friday. So yeah, if if you're tired of your sales, um, they are not going to stop. And I always advise just do a bit of homework. Um, I'm not too sure what's going to be taken down by Take A Lot anytime soon, but there's the Serval Tracker that allows mm. you to see um, hist- historical data as far as an item, whether or not uh, the price of your market up or down, kind of, so you have a better idea as to how good of a deal you're getting or how much of a, of a real sale item it is. Um, so you know, just try and do your homework. I, I, I understand you want to sh- strike while stocks last, but it's always best to do your homework. Yeah. Clinton? Um? Uh, almost nothing is worth going into debt for, maybe education. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just try and keep a level head. Um, it's you know, don't spend more than you you have to pay that back eventually, uh, plus interest. So, yeah, just want to say keep a level head. Um, try not to make purchases you'll regret or that will put you in a really bad financial situation. Um, I know the law of retail therapy is uh, uh, very hard to ignore especially in the last two years have just been hell on earth. Um, but don't make your situation worse just to get something shiny that will probably only make you happy for like two seconds when it arrives. Yeah. Yeah, just spend responsibly. Uh, TransUnion show, uh, revealed earlier this week that folks that take up credits during uh, Black Friday tend to spend more and pay back slower. So, yeah, just... Uh, Spend responsibly this festive season. It doesn't just go for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but the festive season as a whole. Um, yeah, just just make sure that you you've got your head about you when you when you're about to hit that pay pay button. You're not just lured by oh we're selling 50 percent off. Um, just check that it definitely is fifty percent off. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up from us. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Africast. My name is Brendan Lotz, uh, and thanks for joining me, Robin Lee Chetty. Yes. Take care, everyone. And and to Massos. Hi, everybody. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. Boys. Cheers. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.